This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Jill McKeon, Assistant Editor of Health IT Security. Artificial intelligence has been used in healthcare to create everything from COVID-19 prediction models to algorithms that enable early cancer detection. Many experts believe that AI in healthcare has the potential to revolutionize clinical research and care delivery. However, privacy risks, the potential for discriminatory outcomes, and algorithmic bias have raised significant ethical and legal concerns in this space. To discuss the topic of balancing privacy with non-discriminatory outcomes, today we are speaking with Linda Malik, partner at Moses and & Singer and chair of the firm's Healthcare Privacy and Cybersecurity Practice Group. Linda, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jill. So to start, as we know, AI developers need lots of data to create reliable algorithms, but the sources and diversity of that data can impact how algorithms interpret results and garner valuable insights. With that in mind, what causes some of these algorithms to produce discriminatory outcomes and what are some of the potential implications of that? How might poorly trained algorithms be accentuating disparities in the healthcare space? There are a number of ways in which algorithms can produce an unintended discriminatory outcome or bias in results. And there have been ways that have actually been highlighted by different regulatory agencies. And I'll use the FTC as an example, because the FTC has been looking at this issue pretty closely over the last two years or so. And one of the examples that they raised, which I thought was interesting, had to do with a study that was being done on health disparities in the provision of healthcare. And what was being looked at was essentially healthcare spending uh, and the healthcare spending that was being looked at and fed into an algorithm was being used as a proxy to figure out disease burden on particular populations. But it didn't account for the fact that certain populations from poorer communities had less access to care. And so they're spending actually less money on healthcare. And so this this proxy for healthcare spending that people would not have thought would be biased inherently produced a biased outcome because it did not take into account populations that spend less on healthcare because they are poor or they are vulnerable from a financial standpoint and from a racial standpoint. And so the design of the algorithm though unintended, produced bias in the outcome because it did not take into account, you know, these kinds of income and racial disparities. So the thing that we need to really be aware of when creating the algorithms is how do we, even when we put together what the indicators are that are going to be fed into the algorithm, make sure that those indicators themselves don't produce bias. Definitely. So these biases are really unintentional, but can still be very damaging when the healthcare community uses those results to inform care delivery. So kind of pivoting, what are some common privacy and security concerns that often come up with AI use in healthcare? What you need to think about here is that there is an inherent tension, really, between the protection of privacy and security and the use of data 
in an AI context. And there too, we have guidance and observations by regulatory authorities. And interestingly, actually, last year, the New York City Mayor's Office of Technology did a really extensive look at AI and machine learning and how to do that responsibly. And part of what they looked at was this very issue that you're raising, because obviously when you're using large amounts of data, privacy and security are concerns. The more data you feed through an algorithm, the more risk there is that there could be breaches in privacy and security. However, the best way to get an unbiased outcome and an accurate outcome when you're dealing with AI and machine learning is to get as much data as you possibly can. So the more data that you can feed in from the largest numbers of people and the largest cross-section of the population, taking into account these things that I was talking about earlier with respect to populations that are diverse, the more accurate your output. But as I said, the larger the amount of data, the more vulnerability there is in terms of privacy and cybersecurity. So I think the thing to really be aware of there in terms of how to solve for that is to be very, very vigilant with respect to number one, the protections that are in place from a security standpoint and making sure that they're really robust. And then number two, to the extent that it is possible to use de-identified data in order to populate your algorithm. Definitely. And I know some legislators have suggested that the answer to the problem of discriminatory AI tools and, of course, privacy concerns might actually lie in privacy legislation, while others argue that stringent privacy rules might make it difficult for researchers to develop tools that won't create discriminatory outcomes. So can we kind of explore both sides of that debate? How might some additional privacy rules limit discriminatory outcomes or make it more difficult for researchers to gain access to the volumes of data that they need to create reliable algorithms? The fact that there is a debate on this issue is important because there are two sides to this debate. I also, though, want to recognize the fact that legislators paying attention to the privacy concerns here is important and and is a good thing but there needs to be a balance that recognizes the tension that i've highlighted with respect to the privacy concerns so that side of the debate i do think that it is important to have two things in terms of legislation around the use of large volumes of data one that I think is critical is transparency. So I do think that organizations should be required to be transparent with respect to how they're using data. And so individuals whose data may be used need to understand how their data is being used, for what purpose, who it's going to be shared with. And some of that is in place now. It's just not in place in the specific context of AI and machine learning. And so, there is a place for legislation and ensuring that oversight authorities have the enforcement authority that they need in order to ensure that 
entities that are gathering all of this data are doing it in a responsible way. So transparency, number one. Number two, to the extent that identifiable data is being used, I think that it's very, very important to require entities to demonstrate to regulatory authorities how they're going to protect that information. Getting consent to use that information may not be enough because individuals may not really understand. So that's where the transparency is important in terms of having an informed consent. But beyond that, entities really need to be required to demonstrate how robust their protections are going to be with respect to protecting that data. So that's that's one side of the debate. The other side, of course, is that you don't want to impinge too much on the need for really gathering a lot of data because in order to address these things that we're concerned about, accuracy, bias, discrimination, you do need a lot of data. And so you don't want regulation that is so stringent that it impedes the ability to gather a lot of data. So I think there needs to be a lot of thought as to this tension that we're talking about in order to allow entities the ability to innovate as well as the ability to produce accurate data while maintaining privacy and security. So understanding the need for flexibility will be important in any legislation while also imposing requirements to protect the confidentiality and security of that data. So it seems like there are really a few different sides of this debate that are worth considering. With all that in mind, where do you see future legislation in this space going and what agencies might play a role in creating that legislation? The agencies that really come to mind immediately are the FTC, as I mentioned, as well as the FDA. The FDA came out with guidance in the fall of last year in October, where they actually partnered with Health Canada, as well as with the UK's Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency to put out guidance on good machine learning practice for device development. And there too, they talked about as one of their guiding principles in the context of clinical studies, making sure that the data that's collected is representative of diverse patient populations. So FDA and FTC, I think, are the two agencies that I see being most involved in this. I do think that there is a place for the Office of Civil Rights as well with respect to HIPAA. HIPAA does not generally, though, cover the kinds of entities that are necessarily doing this sort of work. It, it will to the extent that the entity is a covered entity, but beyond that, that's where I think the FTC and the FDA have to fill in those gaps and play a role. So I would say those three agencies are probably the most active in terms of already looking at this and will likely be the most active in terms of enforcement. I think though that as I've mentioned, these entities have issued guidance, but not regulation. And so there may be a need for, as I said, some more specific legislation in order to give these agencies more specific authority to regulate in certain areas. 
that are related to AI. So that's where I see it going. I think that there, there could certainly be legislation and then oversight and enforcement activity by these three agencies. Definitely. And you've kind of already referenced this, but what are some of those issues that might come up with when creating regulations for healthcare specifically, since it is such a unique and highly regulated industry? Um, I know HIPAA has to be taken into account and maybe it requires collaboration among these agencies. I do think that it will require collaboration among these agencies because depending on the partnerships that they enter into, for example, you know, a pharmaceutical company that may be working on the creation of a medical device could very well partner with an academic medical center or many academic medical centers throughout a country, a region or the world in order to gather the data that would be needed to create the device. So those academic medical centers and the data that they hold are covered by HIPAA. The pharmaceutical company is not. And so the pharma company is really going to be governed by the FDA in the development of the medical device. The academic medical centers are going to be governed by the Office of Civil Rights. They will need to talk to each other. And so I think that there will be a real need for increased communication as these technologies develop and evolve. So that'll be critical. The FTC too has done more and more in the healthcare realm, as I said, in terms of filling these gaps. So, you know, to the extent that there are healthcare apps, for example, that use AI and machine learning, but that don't rise to the level of being a medical device, the FTC will regulate that. But again, to the extent that those health apps partner with entities that are covered under HIPAA to gather data, there will need to be communication between FTC and the Office of Civil Rights. So communication, cooperation will be really important and making sure that the oversight authorities kind of keep up with this rapidly developing area and the evolution of the technology will be important too. Definitely. And kind of switching gears, what are some best practices for creating and using AI algorithms while taking all of these considerations of privacy, security, and the potential for discriminatory outcomes into account? Well, I think we've touched on them earlier in the conversation. Number one, I think, is to try to use as much data as possible in order to ensure accuracy. Number two, the volume of data is not in and of itself enough. Making sure that you use data that cuts across diverse populations in order to reflect the reality of the people that may you know end up utilizing if we're talking about a device for example utilizing the device or an app to make sure that you have not just accuracy but you have fairness and the least amount of bias possible in your outcome will be really important. So those two things I think are critical for developers. And then thirdly, as we've talked about, balancing that with privacy and security is also critical. So again, sometimes it's not possible to use de-identified data, but where it is possible, I think that's a best practice that should be a goal and transparency, you know, really being 
informative in terms of how you are going to use this data where you're using identifiable data in particular is critical. So best practices really are using a lot of data, using data that is representative of a broad and the broadest population that you can. Thirdly, trying to engage in the most robust privacy and security practices that you can. And then number four, really being transparent and informative about how you're using that data. Those are four major best practices that I would advise entities to keep in mind. And you know how you do that is something that you've got people that counsel clients on this all the time that can help guide the way. This is something that we do with our clients all the time, but those are rules of the road to be aware of. Definitely. So it seems like there are some major components that have to be present in order for these algorithms to be trustworthy. So how can healthcare professionals who are actually using these algorithms in clinical care identify a faulty algorithm using those best practices as a guide? It's much, much more difficult to do that on the back end. I think that it's very important as you're designing the software to ensure that on, at the front end, it's being designed with all of these things in mind. That said, and this is actually something that um, the FDA has talked about in terms of its own action plans with respect to software as a medical device and AI and machine learning. There does need to be kind of a partnership between the end users, which are healthcare practitioners, and the designers of the AI and machine learning so that there's an understanding on the part of the healthcare practitioners in terms of how this algorithm works and what they're actually utilizing so that they'll be able to identify whether or not they're experiencing bias in outcomes. So I think from the standpoint of a healthcare practitioner, before you purchase, employ, or otherwise partner with an entity that is designing machine learning and AI, you need to ask a lot of questions and there needs to be a real plan so that from the end user's standpoint, there's an understanding of what the algorithm does, what the algorithm gathers, um, so that there's really a partnership between both the designer and the end user in order to identify any biases that may be present. Definitely. There's certainly lots to consider in terms of AI's role in healthcare from all sorts of point of views from the developers, providers, and regulators. So thank you so much for your insights, Linda, and thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And for our listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at jmckeon at extelligentmedia.com. That's J-M-C-K-E-O-N at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts or to suggest stories you'd like us to consider covering in the future. And please head over to Apple Podcasts to give us five stars and a positive review if you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.